uh, just to commend uh, people's efforts and encourage them in the, in the practice of uh, retreat, meditation. And something that uh, takes time to bear fruition. You don't really get it done in a week. You have some good states, perhaps. And good states are helpful in encouraging certain developments, but developments are slightly different from states. States you get good states and not so good states, but development is more in terms of your kind of baseline, you know, where your baseline is. Um, so, you know, what we're encouraging, and I imagine people are getting a hold of, is the sense that the baseline is really not going to be about sense contact, <laughs> seeking fulfillment through that, you know, and all the various forms of that, subtle and not subtle. You know, sight, sounds, touch, uh, and the whole internal, external experience, you know, which is the fundamental signal of the unawakened uh, consciousness. Consciousness is this something outside, and there's me inside, something outside. Therefore, the me inside wants the thing outside, or the me inside doesn't want the thing outside. And the gateway is feeling. That feels unpleasant. Don't want it. That feels pleasant. I want it. This is the whole kind of runaround of, of consciousness. External, internal, and then feeling. It's the hinge, it's the gate. Opens and closes. And how many times does that gate open and close? And really arrive at no for fruition. You know, we may imagine that uh, you know, renunciation about closing the, that gate. Not exactly. Um, it's about there not being a gate because the gate is not needed. Mm. Internal, external are just plays, expressions. Really, everything arises at the point of contact, feeling contact. You know, call it external, internal, but it happens in your chitta, in your awareness, in your heart. It's the arising of feeling contact right there. So we're moving much towards a chitta-based, heart-based, awareness-based, rather than a consciousness-based perspective. That's the baseline. doesn't mean you can't operate in terms of external realities, but that isn't your foundation. Your foundation where you center yourself, collect yourself, is much more in jitta, heart, awareness. And you're looking at qualities of such intention, very significant feature, intention. What's the movement of the jitta? What's the ethical quality of it? Really focusing on that, whatever the feeling is that impinges. What's the, what's the intention? What's the holding? Is there mindfulness, awareness? Is there understanding? Is this a feeling? Feelings are like this. 
pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, physical feeling, unpleasant physical feeling is part of what happens. Pleasant feeling, physical feeling is what happens, and um, but primarily the most uh, significant and uh, confusing feeling comes mental feeling. Really, it's a kind of instinctive interpretation that is established through mind consciousness. So we see something, we interpret it as pleasant, agreeable, tasteful, beautiful, desirable. We see something, we interpret it as unpleasant. We hear something, interpret it as pleasant, unpleasant. Really, those sound sights, fragrances, have no feeling to them in themselves. They're just that. Mental conscious, manovinyana, gets a perception out of that, places it on a spot in the chitta, the chitta is aroused, stimulated. (laughs) And then around that stimulation, its intentions start working. More of that, less of that. This shouldn't happen, how dare they? I really want this, it could have been that way. And this whole thing goes on. It's agitation and dukkha. So that gateway slams open and shut. Gate of feeling. Uh, So basing our contact on the brahmacharya, it's called the open road. So the road of the household, the road of the holding on, really a household, holding (laughs) doors, windows, locks. It's both real and also metaphorical for the way that people live. Like inside a hoard, outside, yeah. And you put inside what you want, and you kick out what you don't want. Now this this way of life is dusty. Brahmacharya is the open road. Nothing hoarded. Uh, it says in the uh, Sutta, saying it to somewhere. Uh, uh, they don't uh, lament over the past, they don't hanker for the future, they live on what arises, therefore they are radiant. And probably the, the, the book of the verses. Yeah. They don't hanker for the future, they don't you know, lament over the past, they abide on what arises, therefore they are radiant. Chitra is not surging forward, not going back, tangling, chewing things over, hankering, fretting, worrying. It stops doing that. It's radiant. Settles in itself. This is the Brahmacharya. Boundless. Bright. The doorway to the deathless. Buddha described the deathless having eleven doors to it. The various jhanas and the formless realms and the or three of the formless realms and the Brahma Vihara. These give a quality of radiance and completion, 
the jitta is then ready to release into the deathless. This is just a, you know, something we're not going to go into this particular time. Looking at the practice, how is it that the jitta unhooks or is no longer bound up with feeling? Cessation of feeling and perception, cessation of it. Sounds terrible. You don't feel anything. Not exactly. It's really associated with the surge of pleasure and the lurch of pain. <laughs> if you really experience those as energies, you know, of course they, t- they taste nice, they taste bad, but if you just get to the energy of them, that surging of pleasure, how agreeable is that? If you really focus on the energy in the chitta, when the chitta gets aroused, how agreeable is that? Stirred up, need to have, want to get hold of, must, oh yes. How, how agreeable is that? How comfortable is that? And this often this monastic training, you're actually putting a, ha- a break on that so you can feel that surge, but you can't fulfill it. And you get to notice, actually, that's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you could say, if I could get it, I'd feel comfortable. Well, you know, how long have you been doing this for? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> so you take that radical step. Just put a handbrake on it. So you slow it down. You can't immediately get the food. You'll arrive, you'll get nourished. You can't just get it when your interest is there. You can't get exactly what you want. Cook your own food. Right, right time. Just nice. Just the right temperature. That would be what it is. It would be enough. Probably. They just begin that surge of it. And so instinctive we don't even realise it. You know, when I first took up monastic training, you just find yourself instinctively reaching out for something and you can't have it, has been offered. But oh, dang it, I've just broken a rule again, because immediately the instinct is just, oh I want that get you can't have it. But sitting on the shelf, you can't have it. Sitting on the shelf, but you have been offered. Why don't they give me that biscuit, that, that cake? You go to an arms man, they've got a whole heap of stuff out on the table. It looks really nice, and they give you one of those instead. You could have given me that one. Why did you give me that one? I didn't want an apple, I wanted a peach. You get the apple. Or they forget, you know, forget to put something. You see that? The reaching out. How long do you want to keep doing this for? Yeah? So you're getting these frustrations. If only they give me what I want, then I'll be happy. You look around the world, how, how many people are gratified, satisfied. So anyway, you, you understand this. and How do you work with that surge of pleasure? When you see something, yeah, erotic delight, fantasize something, how do you deal with that surge of pleasure? You feel the energy of it. Energy of it's really quite rough. Ooh. And jitter is disturbed. 
course, this does mean you have to have a baseline where you, under, you begin to get the sense of the jitta when it's not disturbed, when it's peaceful, when you cultivate it, straightening it, training it on uh, suitable themes, Brahmavihara. These themes are established by clear intention, clear, steady intention, not compulsive, impulsive intention, clear, steady what is calming, steadying now, what is accurate now, where does the jitta feel open and complete now, the qualities of metta are much more complete and fulfilling the qualities of lust, which are grabbing, seizing, incomplete. So you begin to see, yeah, that's, yeah, try it out. Yeah. It's got to wake the chitta up, get it to train itself. And, you know, we, come, we have to turn our lives in this direction. Because for many years we've been following the surge and the, and the lurch and the disgruntledness and the fascination. Jitters learn that. You've got to retrain it, recondition it gently, steadily, persistently. Come back to this. What's, your, what's the intention of the mind? Where does the mind feel complete, steady, unwavering? Peaceful, open. With intention, clear intention, it doesn't even matter whether you get what you want because all you want is just that intention. Whether you get a result or not, is secondary. Because the intention opens the chitta. And that feels good. So you have goodwill towards others, doesn't necessarily mean they like you. But secondary, maybe they will. But that's secondary. Because you never really, you can never really know what's going on. But you have that, and you, you feel free from regret, free from blame, free from remorse, free from grudge, free from fear. Uh, completion in that example of the Brahma dwelling, the Brahma abiding, the Brahma Vihara. Doesn't ask for something from the external dimension, consciousness. Let's consider that mental feeling is really around interpretation or perception. Physical feeling is just the fact of the nervous system. It's there to produce reflexes and reactions and so on. Mental feeling is based upon some kind of instinctive interpretation. Interpretation sounds perhaps too to intellectual, it's, it's barely an interpret in, in that sense, barely an interpretation, but it is definitely called a perception. It means something like an interpretation. We see something as meaning that. But actually it is what it is. And we, there's an interpretation of what that signifies and you know, 
what that reminds us of. It's attractive, unattractive, gladdening, disappointing, irritating. That's an interpretation, that's a perception. Uh, and obviously in, in normal daily life that's part of the, how we operate. Uh, but when you have a special time like a retreat, you have a chance to just you know, take that apart and see how many perceptions have got distorted with just assumptions, prejudices, uh, innate biases, uh, craving, uh, worry, fear, mistrust, opinions. So they're no longer clear. We see things through our opinions our assumptions of others, our assumptions about what other people want, and our assumptions that I have to come up with what other people want, and feeling disappointed because I can't come up with what I think other people want. That's a whole tangle of inferences and interpretations, isn't it? And I'm trying to protect myself from the bad opinions I think other people have of me. So I try to look good so that those bad opinions that other people have of me won't get established. Well, that's quite a lot of interpretation, isn't it? And see, because I don't want that unpleasant feeling. Feeling looked down upon or rejected or scorned. Or just to hell with everybody else. Who cares what they think? Well, that's uh, hardly hardly a skillful way. <laughs> but to under to just what do you imagine? Did, is that how deeply seated is those imaginations? Here's a chance. Here's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, you go into the energy, the the wavering chitta, the uh, resistant chitta, the depressed chitta, guilty chitta, anxious chitta, cleaning it, steadying it, Brahma-vihara, goodwill, compassion, and so on. Steadying the energy of the chitta, using breathing in and out to steady the energy of the chitta. Sustaining one's intention to connect to it, one's receptivity, the jitta sensitivity, just to sustain itself through all of the feeling that comes up in the body, breathing in and breathing out. And the energy that moves through the body as it breathes in and breathes out. And even in and out become redundant, it's just this flow mm. and steadying jitta so it doesn't have to go into those interpretations of in out when I'm going to get to the good bit uh, this is this and this is that mm. sustaining intention sustaining intention sustaining intention stay with this sustaining the openness stay with this for sure it's going to be pleasant and unpleasant, confused, tangled. Stay with this, stay with this, stay with this. That quality of stay with this 
in the appropriate way is healing. Awareness itself is healing. The uncontracted chitta, awareness itself, the uncontracted chitta is already a healing focus. Go into reactivity, start following impatience, despair, despond, fantasies, worries, grudges, and so forth. So you don't want that, no, you keep coming back. You don't want that. There is a way out of that. Steadying the energy. Breathing in, breathing out. Using these practices, purifying the chitta. Even this very micro realm of meditation, it's micro in some sense because you're, you know, you're dealing with something very intimate. You're not dealing with the complexities of the social world. But as you go into that, you're really looking at the roots of something that's macro. Because the roots of the skillful, unskillful jitta reach out and create the world, create one's reality. Skillful jitta sees the realm of sense contact as something to be touched with dispassion and compassion. It suffuses the world with that. Confused jitta sees it as a place of rancor, craving, agitation, and so on. So it's a transformation of one's world. Awareness of awareness itself. Energy is steadied. Energy doesn't steady immediately, rather like you've got a uh, water that's churning. First of all, you put it in a bucket. So it's no longer receiving kinds of inflows and outflows and things being tossed into it. Put it in a bucket. You know, keep the bucket still and steady. Take it off the heat. The water stops bubbling and boiling. The water settles. The mud settles to the bottom. Clear water. So we're using a container, not because the container is so, um, you know, ultimate, but just for the sake of purification. The container is necessary, otherwise the inflows, the outflows, constantly churning everything up. It's really grateful to have a container. And certainly, you know, just to be living in this rather you know, flexible container, monastic life, it's got all kinds of forms you can adopt in it, activities, work, um, social engagement, mm, comings and goings, mm, travel. Still, one lives within that container, it's still carrying the same fundamental messages. 
aware, vigilant over sense contact, aware of the intoxication, the unsteadiness of the jitta's not a place to follow. There is a steadying by awareness. Steady, use that in your body, cultivate it with a mind of goodwill, not a mind of cruelty or repression, but a mind of this is for one's welfare. And the energy begins to settle. Don't have to create mental feeling. It's the urge for mental feelings, the urge, the stimulation that it it brings around that causes uh, our jitta, our mind, our heart to generate forms. Sitting in meditation, there's no need to think about anything. We don't have to remember anything. Just you know, breathing it out. Or even nothing, if you prefer to do that, completely empty. But you begin to recognize, oh, it's not just because there is a lot of things to think about, it's because when there isn't, it still keeps happening. Why? Because the mind wants to concoct forms and objects to get some action around. And this is something to, to wean oneself of. And that weaning because everything that your mind concocts is going to have another resonance and feeling to it it's going to set another ripple and shimmy through the field which ones of those do you really find useful okay create some skillful mental objects uh, you know mental objects based upon trust or companionship gratitude mental objects based upon uh, patience and and resilience Uh, good exemplars of that and sustain those until the negative resonances or the flatness of the mind is alleviated, alleviated and balance. Find the point of balance. And it's just poised. You don't have to create mental objects. It's always a useful exercise to to realize what you you know, notice what isn't here when there's no object. Notice the absence of gunshot. Notice the absence of you know something as obvious as that. Notice the absence of music. Oh, that's right. Listen to the absence of music. Really listen deeply to the absence of music. That's quite nice. Open, attentive, strong intention to listen to the absence of sound, music. Mind is open. That's yeah. The jitta appreciates that. You could say it's another kind of feeling. Uh, but that's it's just the play of language, as it said. The, relinqu- the relinquishment of feeling feels really good, <laughs> because the jitta is at ease. Mm-hmm. The absence of notice what isn't here. 
the absence of traffic, the absence of uh, and what is here, presence, forms arising, passing. Notice the things you're not tangling in. Dwell upon that. Openness. Notice the absence of a future. If you can do that, if you can relinquish the future, open. Isn't that agreeable? Doesn't that feel more fruitful to not have a future? You know, relinquishing worry, expectation, urgency, impatience, isn't that? Because that's what the future future means as a as a mental object. I'm not talking about you know diary or calendars, but as a mental object it means oh God and then next and then oh, and then oh yeah and then and then next and then I'm relinquishing that. How is that? If you can relinquish the future, you've got a much stronger capacity to relinquish the past. Mm. The person is the past. The person is the accumulation of, of what is remembered and formulated and compounded. Could that be also reviewed? How many things do you remember about yourself? Probably just a tiny sliver. You don't remember your toenails on Friday, April the 5th. <laughs> they were there, I assure you. <laughs> yeah. How much? Just a tiny sliver. What, what, what does the sliver represent? Feeling. <laughs> right? The places where you're uh, ebullient, excited, uh, disappointed, challenged. Uh, you know, and all the scenarios of that—that's the—that's the past. It's measured by feeling and perception. It's just that. Can there be an openness to that feeling and perception? It's just this. It's not really a person. Some of those perceptions are definitely ones one would not like to have. The, you know, can remember stupid things one's done. But stupid is also just disagreeable feeling, openness, right? We need to know is don't do that again. Ramvihara, goodwill, compassion, openness. Yes, they don't want to relinquish. This is the inheritance of the ignorant citta. You only. You have to come through ignorance. Can't start out awakened, non-attached, pure. You have to come through ignorance, grasping, craving. Okay, that's the, that was the story. Take a look at that. <laughs> but don't get absorbed in it. Notice, can that not be here now? Not following the signs that took me to that. Not following the lures, the obligations, the expectations, the assumptions that took me to that place that I regret. 
learning, grateful. Grateful for the confusion. Once one awakens to it, this is the wrong path. You get off the wrong path, the right path is right there. You don't have to even think about it. Get off the wrong path. That was the essence of the Buddha's first teaching. Get off the wrong path. When you get off the wrong path, the right path is there. Intended. It's open. It's it's open. An open road. So it gets closed by the fascination with feeling, perception. So with meditation, we uh, yeah, we focus on or give our attention to walking, sitting, breathing, and out. What are those experiences about? Energy is moving. Energy is moving. Stay in balance, open to those energies moving. And they're slow, weak, strong. Mm-hmm. Awareness of this, that is the healing that brings into balance. When you're in balance, when there's balance, you notice the absence of doubt, the absence of regret, the absence of urgency. The pressures are off. How is that? Oh, how is that? Wasn't that what really one needed? Using, touching into that as the baseline, degree to which one can access that. Baseline is lightness, balance. And then you keep that, establish that baseline. Beginning of an inhalation, you're open. Ending of an exhalation, ending of an in-breath, the out-breath, pausing, the movements of the body. Visual contact. This. So you don't cling internally, don't take it inside as... This is me, don't take it outside, that's her. With all that you can create around that. Just perceptions, feelings, they're all within awareness, aren't they? You can contract around that, grab it, fight with it, long for it, argue with it, open. So when we have that reference, that baseline, then you can use it as a template in which you let the objects of your life fall into that still water. So in this grounding practice, you establish and using that because we do, it does get muddied, closed. Using it again and again, saying, and then it starts, what happens as you come into times, calendars, and projects, and people, and things, and things going wrong, things going right, and sunny days, and rainy days, and holes in the roof, and 
Stay balanced, that's what you're here for. All these are like tests to see what you're going to cling around, clamp around, push away, ignore, fight with, and make the mind like a small, cramped hovel, shack to live in. There could be the open road, the sky, the space that we belong to. This earth, this world, this earth, this sky that we belong to. Houses are temporary, feeble shacks that fall down. And internally it's the same thing. You build, if you want to build anything internally, make it modest, simple, place with an open door. This is who I'm, what I'm called, so I'll be that. This is what you call me, so I'll be that. But it's just modest, open door to it. So, recommendation is just sensing the real, most useful point in jitta is just to notice the energy, what it's doing. When, and if that is understood and and stabilized and properly cultivated, it no longer hungers for feeling. It no longer fights with feeling. Feeling passes through it. It's a very simple statement. It's a profound realization. Dealing with the most fundamental instinct of a sentient creature. So, commend your efforts, make an effort. It's not something that happens overnight, but you know it's, it's a point you can focus on, you can attend to, and you can do it. Yeah. This very training, the beauty of this container here, it really encourages to do it, because you can't just get what you want, and you can't just get away from what you don't want. You have to come to terms with that. Not in a kind of sullen way or a resigned way, but in a, this is my benefit. So I can feel that. I can go through a process that few people get a chance to go through. The push of feeling and then letting it pass. So let's make full opportunity of the occasion we have uh, these days. To use our group Aditana to support this and establish a baseline that we can uh, carry with us as uh, life proceeds.